0: Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen into to today's message. I want to, I want to pick up where we left off, and last week we were talking about omelets have variety. We talked about the body is made up of many parts, as many parts as you that we can't say to the hand, we don't need the hand, we can't say to the foot, we don't need the foot. We all need the different parts to function together. But if you remember, in the church or body of Christ, there are different types of gift, but it all starts and comes from one spirit, which is Christ. And God distributes it, and every spirit that we operate in is led and guided and governed by the spirit of Christ. And everything that we do is got to filter through the Lord that, God, am I doing it your way? How many remember those uh, bracelets, WWJD, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Remember those bracelets when they came out? Now they got new bracelets. I got my own bracelet, personal bracelet. Look at Adventure Church. Check it out. Amen. But remember that bracelets, how they came out with WWJD? What would Jesus do? And all the time I was, when I think about my gifts, what would Jesus do in the giftings that I have in my life? How would Jesus operate in those giftings, and how would He operate in, in, in approaching people? I love what every time you read the Gospels, when you see Jesus come upon a crowd, the first gift that Jesus always moved in was compassion. Compassion means having an understanding of where the people are in their lives at that moment. And I I love that jesus had that compassion understanding where the people were in that moment and so he moved in those gifts and i tell you the people were attracted and they were blessed and they were ministered to because god understood them in the area of need in that moment and every time you operate in your gift you have to ask yourself god what would you do at this moment this time this season of my life to minister to people around me amen so another one is this. We as the body of Christ all play different parts in maintaining, the, we talked about this last week, maintaining the church and the life of the church. It's up to you. It's how far we go is all by you. You know, I, I, there's a, the old saying is by Dodge. Dodge used to have a commercial, Dodge Truck. It used to have a commercial that said, Le- lead, follow, or get out of the way. You have three options in your life. Either you're going to lead follow, or get out of the way. And so in other words, what you have to do as a church, we have to lead. We have to lead by example, by our conduct, by our word, by our speech, and all these things in our action that we lead. And we also have to lead in the church. We set the atmosphere of how far and how long we're going to go for God. That we set that tone. We set the atmosphere. Last week I talked about either you're a thermometer or you're a thermostat. You dictate the conditions or the atmosphere of your life you have to lead follow or get out of the way God has called you to be a leader each and every one of you have you ever thought about the word disciple when you accepted Jesus Christ in your life you became part of the family of God or became a disciple of Jesus Christ right of the church what is a disciples role a disciples role is to teach to lead so that others can follow so our role as maintaining the church is to let people follow And let people follow in our actions, words, and deeds. Amen? Another one is this. In the body of Christ, we all need, uh, everyone needs to play their role or part to advancing the kingdom of God. Amen? We all need to play our part. We all need to play our role and our part in advancing the kingdom of God. Without you, guys, trust me, if you're not doing your part in the kingdom, we're lacking. We're not as powerful as we could be. We're not accelerating on all eight cylinders of our car because you're not doing your part. So we're not functioning the way that God wants us to function. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, just to pick up back where we left off, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, it says these words. And your gift is tailor-made for you. I remember when I was going to school at North Central. And remember, I came right out of the ghetto. I came right out of the streets. I didn't have any background of the Lord. But also, when I went to North Central, there was a dress code. There was a dress code at North Central that you had to wear nice pants, and you had to wear a tie and also a sport coat. And I mean, we had to look dignified, right? And I didn't have all that. I didn't have all those clothes. I came right out of the world right to North Central. So thank God for goodwill, or as my sisters used to go to, Purple Heart. Purple Heart is just the same way as Goodwill store. How many of you ever been to a Goodwill before? Salvation Army, thank God for Goodwill. I like those kind of prices, right? But you know what? My sisters would always go to Purple Heart on the days. It was Thursday. Every Thursday, they would have 50 to 60% off on their sport coats and ties and different things. So they would always load me up. I kid you not, they would always load me up on all these used clothes. So, what happened was, when I would go home, they would have all these sport coats and things for me to try on. So, after I tried all these sport coats on, my mother and my sister were seamstresses. And because they were seamstresses, they would take these coats, and I kid you not, some of them were big, long, and so on and so forth. They would do all the seams, all these different seams, and they would cut this out, cut this, and they would make them fit tailored made to me. And it was so crazy. So then when I'd go to school and wear all these sport coats and all these new ties and everything I had, people always thought that I had money. (laughs) And I always kept saying, oh, if you only knew, thank God for Purple Heart. But the point of that was when I got that suit coat, it wasn't tailor-made for me. It didn't fit me right. It was baggy, it was long, it was, it was, it was small or short, or whatever the case may be. But after my sister and my mom tailored it, it was tailored for me that it fit me just like a glove. And that's the same way with God, that when God distributed you his gifts... He tailored made it for you. He made a special sport coat for you that everybody, when they see you, they're going to think you're rich. And you're rich in Jesus. And you're rich in the calling and the giftings that God has placed in your life. Now, watch what he says. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes, in other words, he gives out them just as each, d- d- distributes them to each one. Just as he determines. So in other words, when God gave you your gift, what he did, he gave you a gift that is tailor-made for you. Specially tailored. Specially worn for you. that, That man, it fits you. This hand in glove. So God didn't give you a mess or junk. God gave you his best so that you can operate in what he has given you. When God gave you his gift and calling, he knew your personality and your possibilities. We said that last week. He knew your personality and your possibilities. You know, I love learning from people. The best way for uh, learning is learning by example or watching people. By watching people. I remember you heard me say the story before, but it's so true. I didn't know how to shave because I had three fathers and three mothers, and my dads were always gone and so on. I didn't know how to shave. So I remember one day I was starting to get a little scruffy, even though I can't grow a lot anyways. I need some Scott Surf Builder or come to your house and get some manure or something put on my face because I, I, can't, I can't grow anything. I get a little patch here, a little patch there. Look like the cow's been grazing on my chin and my cheeks and what else. But anyways, I remember I, I would have a little scruffy, right? And I didn't know what to do. I, I'm not kidding. I didn't know what to do. And one day I was at my friend's house, Gary and Kevin Slavor's house, and I walked past the bathroom as Kevin was in there, and he was shaving. And I really didn't know what he was doing. And what he was doing, he was taking off his facial hair. Now I understand what he was doing. He was shaving. And so he had the edge shaving cream, and he's putting it all over his face, and he took the blade, and he was shaving. I thought, oh, that's how you do it. And so what I did is I felt like I was a man. I went home and got my dad's Barbasol. How many of you know that Barbasol shaving cream, the, the cheap stuff, Right. Remember, I went, to, I went to Goodwill. I went to the Purple Heart. We also went to the Walmart for a barber saw, the cheap stuff. And so I put that bad boy on my face. I started shaving. I nicked up my chin. But afterwards, it started burning. I thought, man, I did something wrong. But I learned from Gary. The point is, is that usually what happens when you see somebody, when they're operating in their craft or when they're operating in their gift, They are confident in what they are doing, and it's fun to watch them because they know exactly how to do it. They even know when it's going to be done and how long it's going to take because they know their craft. And see, listen, I love this. Confident people know their role, purpose, calling, and giftings in their lives. That's why confident people know their thing. You see, a lot of times what happens is a lot of times people say, "Well, man, he or she's like maybe they, they stuck up and they look like this and they look like that. Maybe it's because they're confident in what they're doing. They're confident in what they're doing, and because they're maybe confident in what they're doing, to you it may be like they're projecting that they're stuck up. Maybe they're this, that, and the other thing, or they're conceited. But really it could be that they're confident in what they are doing. That's why the Bible says don't throw away your confidence because it will be richly rewarded to you if you don't. And so a lot of times God wants you to be confident in your giftings and your callings in your life. You see, I love this. When you work in your strengths... You pull up your weaknesses. Now remember that. When you're working in your strength, you pull up your weaknesses. But if you're working or work, when you work in your weaknesses, you pull down your strengths. So, a lot of times, what happens with people, a lot of times, we focus on our weaknesses. And so, because we focus on our weaknesses so much, thinking I got to get better in this area and that area, what happens a lot of times, we pull down our strengths. But it should be the other way around. You operate in your strength. You build confidence in your strength. And as you do, then you start pulling up your weaknesses, And so I want to encourage you, start operating in your strengths. If you're lacking in this or that and the other thing, as you get confidence walking in your strength, it's going to give you confidence to fill the holes in your weaknesses. But so many times we want to say, well, I'm lacking here, so i got to work on that. Yeah, we want to work on that, but perfect your strength to pull up your weaknesses. Somebody say amen. Now, look, I, I love this. So in our gifts, now I want to define gifts today. Why am I talking about gifts? Because we are moving into a place in our in this church history that this church has never, ever had happened before. And we need everyone. I can't wait next week and on the 15th or 15th of, of November, we as a staff and board are going to be out there taking our pictures. you know why? Because we're putting our time capsule in place the moment we move into this building. Because you know why? you. All of us are getting ready to embark in one of the greatest miracles that's ever going to happen in these communities. You know why? Because many hands make light work. And we're going to see God do something great for the kingdom of God. And so what I'm trying to do is trying to get you suited up and ready for the move when God begins to do the great miracle and the increase. A lot of times people say, Pastor, we're not ready for growth. We're not ready for building. And I say a lot of times, well, why aren't you ready for growth and ready for building? Because we don't have the manpower for the growth or for moving forward with the building. My role and my objective as a pastor is to prepare you to get you suited up and ready for the move that God is getting ready to do here at Adventure Church. When we moved from Discover Church there in Burnsville, Minnesota, we were first called Crossroads Church. We were on the corner of there of 35 and 76 there in, in Burnsville, excuse me, in Prior Lake, Minnesota. And they called it Crossroads Then we moved from Crossroads of Prior Lake into Burnsville. And when we moved into Burnsville, we called it Discover Church. Discover you, discover God, discover church again. Because a lot of people fall away from church. They have a bad experience with church. And so because they have a bad experience from church, they fall away from church. So our whole motive and objective when we went to Discover Church, we called it Discover You, Discover you and God, discover God, and discover church. But what happened was there as soon as we moved from Prior Lake into a building, our building that we brought, I kid you not, it was 55,000 square feet. It was like a Walmart. I kid you not. It was huge. Our, our, our staff would take hoverboards and go around the, 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 the building because it was so big. They'd get tired. I said, you guys are a bunch of lazy. Get your steps in, right? Get your step on. Get your step on. But they didn't do that. They would get the hoverboards and take it all over to the church. But you know what? As soon as we moved from Prior Lake to Discover Church, and Dave and Sherry are here, do you know what would happen? Instantly that move brought in 300 people automatically, just like that. But you know what prepared us for the move? The people were ready for the move. You see, we as a congregation have to be ready for the move when God does something big. And so my preparation of you is like, Find out where your sweet spot is in life. Find out where your gifting is, because guess what? We're all hands on deck when we get ready to make this move. When we get ready to make this move in this community, the word is already out there. Cheryl and I, wherever we go, and they know that we're pastors, guess what? Everybody's saying, hey, I heard you brought adventures. No, not yet, but we are. Hey, can you imagine what's going to happen? But if we aren't ready and already sharpened our sickles, Or our sword to get ready for the increase to move into our giftings. Guess what happens? The fish could come, but we're ready, we're not ready to fillet them. I always say, you bring the sheep, you bring the fish, and we as a staff will fillet them. But we need everyone to get on board to be prepared for the increase. Are we ready? Are we ready? You see, if you remember the story of the fishermen, they fished all night long. All night long they fished. This is not even in my sermon. This is what the Holy Spirit is telling me to say to you right now. They fished all night long, all night. They came in, they dried their nets, they pulled them in, and Jesus said to them, cast out your nets again. Throw them on the other side. And what was the complaint of the disciples? Lord, we fished all night and we caught nothing. But the Lord said, Cast them on the other side. In other words, he said, throw them out again. You see, God doesn't ever leave the church empty handed. And so they cast them out on the other side. And what happened? They had such a catch that they filled their boats and they had to call in many other boats because of the multitude of the fish. The point is, is our net ready? Are we as a body ready? Woven together, operating in our gifts to be able to bring in the increase in which God wants to do here at Adventure Church. So, what are the gifts? And I want you to get this now. There are power gifts and there are service gifts. And I want you to see this: power gifts and there are service gifts. Here, the power gifts are more noticeable up front and in your face kind of gifts. They're the quarterbacks, they're the receivers, they're the running backs. That are tight ends. There are the ones that are not in the trenches. They're the ones that are up front. Then there's the service gifts. The service gifts are the behind the scenes kind of gifts. Not so noticeable, but greatly needed. So there's two different kinds of gifts that God gives: the service gifts and the power gifts. The power gifts are more up front. Like I said, they're the quarterback. The service gifts are the men in the trenches, the men that do all the dirty work, that maybe don't get the credit for all the work that goes on behind the scene to make the holes for the running back to go through. But without them, there wouldn't be any holes for the running back to go through. Or without them, there wouldn't be the protection for the quarterback to throw the pass. That's what it is. Now, look at this. You got to get this. The power gifts tend to put you on the front lines. Now, you got to get this, tend to put you on the front line. For rejection, come on, gossip, inspection, and even your reputation. Now you say, "Well, what do you, what do you, what do you mean, Pastor?" puts you on the front line for rejection because power gifts means maybe prophetic words, maybe power gift is maybe bringing correction to to someone that's maybe not walking in the things of the Lord. And because you walk in that power gift and you maybe correct someone or maybe have a word for someone that maybe doesn't resonate with them at the time, the first thing that people want to do was repel you. They want to pull away from you. They want to, man, use stones and throw at you. They want to push you away because maybe what you're saying is true, and you know what it is? Truth what? Hurts. And so sometimes when you maybe give a word to someone. And when you give that word and you know that God has given you that word for that person and they don't receive it, what do you experience? Rejection. It's not fun. But here's this. The service gifts are whole fillers, finding the need where others have left and doing them to make the body complete. See the difference? Finding the need and filling it. Maybe you operate in the power gifts and maybe you face rejection. Or maybe you operate in the service gifts. But let me tell you, the service gifts and the power gifts, they dovetail together. We need each other. And my role as a pastor, as a shepherd, is to lead the sheep. And as I lead the sheep, my prayer is that you find your niche, you find your sweet spot, and you find where God called you to be. Last summer, Cheryl and I got a chance to go to Louisville. And we went to Louisville, and we went to the Louisville Slugger Museum. And if you know anything about baseball, they had all the representations there. They had Babe Ruth, a wax figure of Babe Ruth, Derek Jeter, all the, the big well-known people, Barry Bonds, every, every kind of well-known people. Then, man, when you go there, they give you a bat, and you know, a little personal bat. But then you walk through this museum, and you see them making all these bats, and you, get, you see them on the lathe, and you see them making these fine bats. And every one of these professionals, especially guys that play for the Brewers and the Cubs, and the big well-known names like Rizzle or, or Chris Bryant for the Cubs or, or whatever, and they make their specialized bats. So these players have a contract with Louisville Slugger. They have a contract. They, what happens is these players actually have to buy their bats. And so when we got to the f- final stage of the, of the museum, we got to hold all these different bats. We got to hold Chris Bryant's, Rizzle's, Derek Jeter's. They're bats. But if you ever notice on a bat, there's a label there. There's that trademark. There's that place where that, the sweet spot is. And what they say is that is where the hardest place on the bat is. So every time what they do is they take an x-ray, it's pretty cool if you've ever been there, they take an x-ray of every bat that is finally made. Every bat that a professional player ever uses, they take an x-ray of that bat. And when they take an x-ray of that bat, guess what they do? They put their trademark on the bat to the exact spot where that bat is the hardest. And if you ever notice why when you see a batter get into the box, they put the trademark on the front right where their handle is, and they even got thumbs up where they got their thumbs supposed to be, it's because when the baseball player makes contact with the bat in that sweet spot, it hits it the furthest or the hardest. And what God has done for you, he's made you fearfully and wonderfully, and he's put his trademark on you right in the area of where you're supposed to walk in your sweet spot. And that sweet spot is your gift that he's called you to walk in. And when that batter gets in and swings and hits it on the sweet spot, man, either there's a home run or a grand slam or whatever because it it rang the bell. And when God gave you your gift, he put it right on the sweet spot. And you know what that is? You. You say the sweet spot, that's exactly right. Because God says that you, every one of you, are the apple of his eye. That every one of you are the apple of God's eye. And when God put his label on you, he put it right on the sweet spot. And that sweet spot was you. Holly, what what, what a great hockey player. I'll tell you, you are a legend. Everywhere I go, people know you. It's pretty cool how people know you. I'm not kidding you. I'm sure you know that. But everywhere I go, I say, yeah, man, we know her. Man, she was an incredible hockey player. We were just at at Trick or Treat yesterday. And, man, there was a hockey player that was there. I think he played with you. He went to Siren High School. He was telling us all about his stuff. Of course, he mentions you right off the bat yesterday at, at Trunk or Treat. We were having a hockey digest. But the point is, God has placed that on you. And I think this, watch this. In God's eyes, both the power gifts and the service gifts are vitally important to the body of Christ. Every one of us. So when we get ready to make this launch, we form a net power and service that comes together. That when the fish come in, man, we'll be able to pull them up together, see them saved, sanctified, and satisfied in Jesus. All because we, as a church, worked in the operating of our gifts. And we all collaborated together, working together in unity. And unity means you and I tying together, forming together unity and oneness to collaborate together to see souls come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And here's the great thing about that. There's no big eyes or little U's. When someone comes to the Lord, guess what? We all get to celebrate. And I love that. So listen, in Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 8, these are the service gifts. And I want you to see a lot of these here are the service gifts. Now watch this. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same functions. In other words, you get that? The same functions, Right? So it is with Christ. We through many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. How God determines to give us by your personality and, and possibilities. If your gift is prophesying, now prophesying is now what? A power gift. Man, have you ever given a word to someone and you were nervous? right you remember like nervous purpose scared nervous purpose i'm afraid how they're going to accept it i'm going to say how they're going to receive it it may be a strong word it's not milk it's meat and so because of that sometimes you get to be a little nervous purpose right paranoid floyd because you're afraid of what they might think say or do right that's a power gift now watch this now it goes in to service gifts if your gift is prophesying then prophesy in accordance to your faith your faith you know, I, I, I love faith, and I, I just got to jump in here. In, in, my, in my prayer time, last night, I was up last night just studying and preparing and having my prayer time last night. I kid you not. You know what God gave me yesterday? You know, in Hebrews 11, if you're taking notes, you want to write this down because God gave this, put this in my spirit. In Hebrews 11, the first word in Hebrews 11, verse 1 says, now faith is. Spell now backwards. When you walk in the now, guess what? Now backwards means one. I now walk in faith, and now because I walk in faith, I won. Spell, spell now backwards. Now means won. You won. Amen? I win in Christ. Now, look at this. If it is serving, the service gifts, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. I know we have some teachers here today. we Frederick. Thank you. God bless you for teaching the students. Amen? If it is encouragement, then encourage. Give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is is to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. Amen? So you see the service gifts there? What He is laying out there. Paul is laying out for the church, and he's describing each gift to help them identify who they are in Christ. And a lot of times, people don't know who they are in Christ, and they flounder because they don't really operate in their gifts, or maybe they don't even know what their gift is. So they flounder and they fill a little need here, and they do a little here, and they do a little to that. You know, we can be a jack of all trade, but a master of none, and you have to get your You have to find your sweet spot. Where is my gift in my life so I can be in full operation and full pleasure with God? Because I'm operating in what God has called me to operate in. Right? Now watch this. I love this. It says God desires our lives in three areas. Here's here's God's desire. Now you gotta write this down. You gotta get this in your spirit. It's on your notes. If you haven't got the notes, they're on the back table. But look at this, three areas in in your life that God wants. God's desire for our life. Number one is this, righteousness. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost, the Scriptures say, right? Righteousness is this, is that you walk in right standing with God. That first and foremost, God wants you to walk in right standing with him. That God is well-pleased when you walk in right standing with him. That, man, God, I'm living my life to the fullness. I'm living it all for you. I surrender. I commit everything into your hands. I die daily, Lord Jesus. I I, I confess my sins because you are faithful and just, and you will purify me from all unrighteousness. God, I walk in right standing with you. I write this. I wrote this down. His righteousness is your right to God's unmerited favor. His righteousness is your right to God's unmerited favor, that God gives favor to those who walk in righteousness with him. So you can expect, believe, and receive. That's why Matthew 21, 22 says, If you believe, you shall receive whatever you ask in prayer. Because God says, listen, his righteousness, his righteousness gives you unmerited blessings that you have in your life because you are walking in right standing with God. But here's another one, peace. God's desire for your life, peace, that you live a life of peace in your mind. How many of you know everything starts with a thought? Thought turns into a seed, a seed turns into a tree, a tree turns into the fruit, and you shall know them by the fruit that you bear. And everything starts, whether it's good seed or whether it's a good bad seed, whether it's good fruit or bad fruit. It all started with a thought. And so you have to change your mindset. You have to change your outlook. God wants to give you peace. That's why he said, I'm going to transform you by the renewing of your mind. So you got to have peace in mind. What is the enemy's battleground? It's your mind. That's why, you know, if you ever notice, to put on the helmet of salvation. In other words, protect your mind spiritually from the onslaughts or the spiritual attacks of the enemy. And where does he come? He comes at your mind. So he said, put on the mind of your peace in your mind, body, soul, and spirit. In John 14, verse 27, peace I give you, not as the world gives, but here's a great one, joy. Man, Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. I love this. If you ever notice in second, uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, the first two fruits are love, but then the second fruit is joy. God knew that it was important that you had joy in what you were doing. If you don't have joy in what you're doing, it's going to be a drudgery to go to work. It's going to be a drudgery to maybe go through life if you're not enjoying what you're doing in life. So God wants you to have joy in your life. I always say that joy stands for this, Jesus first, others second, yourself third, joy, joy, that God wants you to have joy in your life, that God, I'm going to put you first, I'm going to look out for the needs of others, and then myself third, but here's joy, joy that you enjoy the journey. God doesn't want you to walk through this journey in life right now with him in misery, God wants you to have joy in your life. That's why he says in, 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 uh, in uh, Psalms 118, verse 24, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God wants you to walk in this journey in joy. This is the day the Lord has made. I make a choice to rejoice and rejoice. In this day, I choose this day to rejoice. I'm going to shake off the heavy bands. I'm going to shake off yesterday's mess, and I'm going to walk towards joy in my life. It's a choice you make. And then he goes on to say, joy in, in what's this, joy in the walking in this journey with him, joy in serving him, and joy in operating your gifts for him. That's why God, now you got to get this, Ethan, that's why you are so good at what you do. You are operating in your gifts. When you stand up here and you lead worship at the wilderness and all you do, man, you light up like a Christmas tree. You light up like a glow stick. And the reason being is because he's operating in his gifts. He's not trying to be like John there and be a mechanic. He understands where, where he's at. He's a worship leader. Those that worship, worship in spirit and in truth. And because he's operating his gift, he's like, yeah, look at me. He's like one of those fireflies. He just lit up. Because he's operating in his gift. And what happens a lot of times with people, you get frustrated and angry at God because you're like a square peg trying to be fitting in the round hole. And God said, wait a minute. Take an inventory of yourself. Ask yourself, what's your strengths? What's your weaknesses? And when you find your strengths, start operating in your strengths or your gifts in your life. And then your weaknesses will be pulled up when you get confidence in all what you're doing in your strengths. Amen. Somebody say Amen. Isn't that something how God does that? God wants you to do that. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever gotten a gift from, at Christmas time, or maybe even your birthday, and when you got that gift, you thought, what in the world is this? Come on. You know what I'm saying. We got some that are honest. Amen. Some of you don't want to raise your hand because your spouse brought you one, and you don't want them to know. Right? I got you. But you know what I'm talking about? You got a gift, and when you opened it up, they were all excited that they gave it to you, but your face said, oh, okay. And then you say these words. Have you ever done this before? What is it? Right? And then they say, well, here's the receipt. You can take it back if you don't want it. The first thing when they go out the door, you're down the street taking it back. The reason being is because maybe it wasn't a gift that you understood Or even want it. And so because you took it back. This thing is with God. God said his gifts and his callings are irrevocable. So what God gave you is the perfect gift for you. So if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. You got to use what God has given to you in your life. And start operating in it. But what holds people back from operating in their gifts is fear. And you know what fear is? False evidence appearing real. Fear. That you walk in fear instead of faith. You see, listen, fear attracts attacks. So you gotta get this. Fear attracts attacks. So if you're walking in fear, guess what you're attracting? Attacks. Man, the enemy's gonna pounce on you like a lion. But faith attracts blessings. Faith attracts increase. I'm not going to walk in fear. Hit the road, Jack, because God said, I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. So when these attacks that come your way, I'm not going to receive them because I'm walking in faith. and not by sight. I'm walking in faith, and faith attracts blessings. Amen. So a lot of times what happens, God's put this in you, but you're walking in fear. And God didn't give you a spirit of fear. You see, look, I'm going to go real quick because I want you to, I won't get through all these. And so, I got to, Andrew, come on. It's on a lot of your notes. I'm just going to blow through these. And this is an inventory, real quick, an inventory of some things. Some of these things that I'll show you up here are not on, the, on, the, on your paper because I didn't have enough room to type them on. But I want you to see, here, the service gifts in Romans 12, verses 6 through 8. But we're just going to go right through. So, Dawn, we're going to fly right through these, okay? Number one, to serve. The service gives this, to serve, is to help with duties or services for, with, for another person or an organization. That's what it's all about, that we help one another. Another one is Teaching. In the process of attending, is this process, teacher over here, is the process as attending to people's needs, experiences, and feelings, and making specific interventions to help them learn particular things. Are you a teacher? Another one is this, encourage, is defined as an expression of support or approval, or is words or actions that assist to inspire someone or something. I think we all can do that, right? Putting your arm around somebody, just letting them know how much you love them and care for them. You know what? That just touches their heart. Another one is this, giving. The joy of giving of yourself, your time, and your resources to see the needs met. Wow. Look at what you guys did. Man, we matched $20,000 basically in a week and a half time. You see? What we can do. Another one is this, lead. The upfront person who leads by example in words, actions, and deeds. We have a lot of A people in this room right now. A lot of A people. And my challenge to you is to rise up. Start leading. Start leading by example, by words, by actions and deeds. Lead. Lead. Another one is this. Mercy. Having compassion and understanding of a person's position in life, the ability to forgive and to accept. I pray we all walk in this gift. Because, man, if we can't forgive, then God says, hey, forgive 70 times 7 unless you want to be forgiven. And then he says, and when you pray and you have all against your brother, go and ask him for forgiveness before you pray. So we all need to walk in forgiveness and mercy. Wisdom, the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment, the quality of being wise. Man, we have a lot of bright people out here. You know, one of the richest places in the world is right now, it's not Fort Knox. Fort Knox. IT'S THE CEMETERIES, THAT THESE PEOPLE DIED WITH ALL THE WISDOM AND KNOWLEDGE AND TOOK THEM TO THE GRAVE WITH THEM AND NEVER USED THEIR WISDOM TO INSPIRE OTHERS. MY CHALLENGE IS TO YOU TO USE YOUR WISDOM, USE YOUR GIFTS. HEY, MAN, CAN YOU IMAGINE, THE BIBLE SAYS THAT THERE'S WISDOM WITHIN A GROUP OF MEN, GODLY MEN AND WOMEN, A COUNCIL OF MEN AND WOMEN. WE NEED ALL OF US TO COME TOGETHER. ANOTHER ONE IS THIS, KNOWLEDGE. It is a familiarity, awareness of understanding of someone or something, such as facts, skills, or objects. Wow. Now, look at this. As you can see, we don't all need hammers, the power gifts. We need nails to keep things together. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So, here's some of the power gifts. We're just gonna go right to the faith. Here's a power gift faith is the basic ingredient. To begin a relationship with God. That's the essence. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews 11, 6. Faith is the assurance that the things revealed and promised in the word are true. That's faith. Even though unseen and gives the believer a conviction that what he expects in faith will come to pass. How many of you know? Man, some of you got great faith. We need you. I'm going to tell you right now. I am so thankful for Sue Skalecki. Where are you, Sue? Are you in here? Where's she at? She's our giant. Stand up, Sue. Stand up. Stand up. Come on. i won't embarrass you. Man, give it up for Sue. She had faith. I'm telling you, man. She was going through what we had to go through to get this stuff processed. Man, you had faith as a giant. Quinn. Where's Quinn? Stand up, Quinn. Quinn had the faith of a giant. Man, to believe man to get this thing through you see faith we need you another one is this i got to keep moving gifts of healing are supernatural enablements given to the believer to minister various kinds of healings and restoration to individuals through the power of the holy spirit some of you got the gift of healing i love moving in the gift of healing i love laying hands on the sick that's why i used to travel and do miracle services i love operating that gift it's scary sometimes because when you pray for someone and you don't see them healed, but well, that's in God's hands. I've just been the deliverer. This and this miraculous powers performed by or involving a supernatural power or agency, a miraculous cure of the nature of a miracle through the Holy Spirit. Man, do you see yourself finding Tony's Remember what I talked about last week? You are pieces to the puzzle. Find your fit. Find your fit, your sweet spot, your hardest place on the bat. Find your hardest place on the bat. Prophecy, the foretelling or prediction of what is to come. Whoa. Something that is declared by a prophet, especially a divinely inspired prediction. Distinguishing between spirits, discernment, the ability to know if a spirit of spiritual gift. Or TEACHING IS FALSE AND EVIL OR FROM GOD. HAVING THAT DISCERNMENT. I KNOW THAT THERE'S A LOT OF PEOPLE IN HERE THAT HAVE THE SPIRIT OF DISCERNMENT. AND ONE OF THEM IS EDIE, EDIE Lowe, MY MOM. I'LL TELL YOU, THAT LADY, SHE'S MY PRAYER THING. I, I KID YOU NOT, I'LL TELL YOU RIGHT UP FRONT. WHENEVER I'M GOING THROUGH A BATTLE, WHENEVER I'M GOING THROUGH A SITUATION, THE FIRST ONE I CALL, I TALK TO JESUS. JESUS ON THE MAIN LINE, TELL him WHAT YOU WANT. But then the second one is, "Mama's on the main line. Tell her what you want." Right, Edie? She has discernment. Discernment, being able to discern. Another one, speaking in tongues, is a practice in which people utter words or speech like sounds that are heavenly language with God. Man, having a gift. Not all of us speak in tongues. Not all. Paul says, "I desire that," but not all of you do. Does that make you any different from me or less? No, not at all. We all have the same spirit. God says, don't you know that you are a temple of God and God's spirit lives in you? Maybe I speak in tongues and you don't, but that doesn't mean that you're less than me and I'm more than you. We're all equal on the same ground. It's a gift. Then another one, interpretation of tongues. The action of explaining the meaning from what has been spoken in tongues, the interpretation. You see, as you can see, folks, listen, the list can go on and on. My point is here today is why I'm preaching this, because I'm making you ready. One of the things that I would fear is that we as a church aren't ready for the increase that God wants to bring. And so what I'm asking of you, I'm asking you to enlist. Enlist with your gift. Kneel and lift with your gift. Man, enlist with what God has put in you. Because many hands and many things work together and dovetail together. We can accomplish so much for the glory of God. I can't do it all. The staff can't do it all. But we can do it all. We can do it all. So I want to encourage you. Take those notes home. Check out those verses. Find your sweet spot. Find your hardest place, your greatest strength. Then start walking it out. Hockey player, walk it out. You're good, and because she's good, she knows it. I'm bad, come on. Amen. Will you stand with me this morning? I know I took a little time. I, I I told, I told my wife. I said, man, I'm gonna be lucky if I get through this. Next week we'll start talking about thanks. But make sure that you do something on social media. But I want to pray over you today. I really mean that. Look at this net. Everybody turn around look at all the people around us. Look at this net, what we make up. There's probably 200 or so people in here, or if more. And this is COVID time. I talked to a guy today that Joe, Joe just told me this morning that a large church, a large church, there are about 3,000 people. Would you say that, Joe? About 3,000 people. They're lucky if they have 200 people because of what's going on. We have over that here now. But look at this net. Look at this net. And guess what? Every one of us didn't wear the same clothes. So that means right there, either you're colorblind or you missed the memo to wear this. But you know what? We form a net. And when we join together and function in our giftings and our calling, guys, we can, man... Touch these communities for the glory of God, see people come in, see people, man, get saved, see people get filled with the Holy Spirit, see people get healed, all because we are together. If two or three agree, it shall, it will be done. I want to pray over you this morning, and this is my prayer, that God will enlighten you to your sweet spot of how you can be Effective for the body of Christ here at Adventure Church. No gift, no calling is too small. Just like they used to say, no answer is is stupid, no answer is dumb. Every answer, every thing is, is, is right on. And your gift, whether small or big, is needed here. Father, this morning, let us all do an inventory of our gifts and callings that you have placed in our lives. Father, you handpicked each gift for each individual here in this body of believers today. I thank you, Father, for your faithfulness, your goodness that you show towards this congregation. And, Father, I want to be a church that's operating on all cylinders man with acceleration power, Lord God, because we are all operating together in one accord, functioning in the gifts and calling that you called us to function in. And that, Father, there is no big I's or little U's, that we are one body in Christ to accomplish the advancement of the kingdom of God. And I pray in Jesus' name that you will raise them up, that they will walk in confidence to do that, what you call them to do bless this congregation. Thank you for each and every one of them. Go with us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us. You can make an easy and safe donation on our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com slash give. Thank you for your generous donation.